Hi, my name is Michaela Lopez. We would like to acknowledge that this show is being recorded on the unceded, occupied, ancestral, and traditional lands of the Musqueam people. This will be the first episode in our Persistence of Vision Film Festival series, where we interview the students behind the films you will be seeing on April 28th and 29th. First up, we have the people behind the film, Saida. Hi, I'm here with Milana Ventrudi. I'm the producer. Sam Moxani, I'm the director. Andrea Liskoff, I'm the director of photography. Of Saida. <laughs> of Saida. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to know more about your film. I hear that it's kind of like a family drama. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what inspired you to write this film? Um, well, the like thematically, the main inspiration was um, just like, you know, the stories I've heard of uh, immigrants, especially young immigrants, moving to a Western society. And um, just when they move, they would want to change their self-image to look like other people or like to act like other people or act in a certain way to make them feel like that they're fitting in this new society, even though um, nothing has really changed about their origins. So this film is just about um, a character who changes her self-image to fit and realizes that it's not the right way to do that. Kind of like a struggle for identity. I see. Is it kind of like a cultural clash, or is it more... Yeah, yeah it is a cultural clash. Uh, well, without giving too much away, she goes, <laughs> to, she goes to a party, and it's just not how it goes. Like, she has certain expectations, and what's actually happening is completely different. Yeah. Finding out what actually fulfills her, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And uh, so, to the producer and cinematographer of Saida, mm-hmm. uh, so what made you want to work on the script specifically what popped out um well in during pitches what I noticed mostly was how um passionate Sam was about this project um it was sort of more of a personal project for him I think and I think for any producer or DP I think that um working with someone who's really passionate about their work and really knows what they want to portray through a short or any type of creative endeavor is really important yeah yeah me and Sam um I mean, we're talking about making something for a long time, and we kind of, like, clicked really well on our um, interests in music and film and just, like, the way things look. And I knew that it would be really, from the get-go, even before we pitched, I knew that it would be really easy for us to work together because he could just say, like, can you make it look like this? And I would just say, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not like we're on different pages and we kind of have a clash. So it was really easy to figure out the look and to yeah as soon as soon as yeah as soon as he said the idea of the script i was like oh oh i, I can think it. i think yeah. i think like we can try this we can try this and sam was like yeah those are all cool ideas so eventually we boiled it down and some yeah. things didn't work but and also bouncing ideas back yeah. like yeah. i don't know we kind of worked really well together yeah Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is that it was kind of like a common aesthetic and tonal direction, and that kind of really stood out to you guys. Yeah, and, and also, 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 yeah, just to add to that, like, Sam's story is about immigration. Um, I felt a little bit of that, too, so this was kind of a project that resonated a bit with me, too, um, on a personal level. So it was, it was interesting to see Sam execute something, um, his personal story, but that resonated really well with me. So that kind of made it really easy to get involved and try to portray that. So you guys are talking about an aesthetic and about um, a direction that you guys kind of had. So what kind of visual inspirations did you guys work with? Um, 
when I was writing the film, I was watching a lot of European films. And uh, like I was really interested in doing longer shots and letting um, like like we have a sh- uh, one take in a film that goes for like a minute, and it's just a conversation between a mother and daughter, and it's kind of like a fight between the two. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of it was really based on the European films that I really liked, especially films that were set uh, in London. Like I don't know why it was just a weird weird obsession I had, <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, and also just a lot of music videos, like, uh, for the party scene, like, uh, I watched, uh, like, I, I usually don't watch music videos because it changes my idea of the song, but, like, yeah, I mean, like, Muramasa, for example, I don't know if you're familiar with, but his music video was a really big inspiration for the male section of film. For me, I I do watch a lot of music videos. Um, I <clears throat> want to do music videos later on, and when I heard that there was going to be a party scene, I was I was just I was in. I was like, yes, let's let's do it. Let's let's give it a shot because um, um, it's non like non natural lighting. You can just really have fun with you know lighting and shooting, and it was kind of this kind of drunken knee. Mm-hmm disorienting kind of experience so cinematography wise I was like that's going to be you know interesting and fun to try out and I was inspired a lot by um, the movie Catch Me Daddy by Daniel Wolf that I saw like a year prior to to the beginning of the of starting shoot um, and also Daniel Wolf again the director he directed a music video called Time to Dance with Jake Gyllenhaal which I've just been obsessed about ever since I think it's like my favorite music video of all time and that was a huge inspiration yeah, visually yeah he showed he showed it to me and I was like yeah, like this is the one yeah we definitely took it as our yeah we had a good friends. good common ground there visually and like like musically too there was a lot of mm-hmm. musical inspirations that me and Sam just like talked talked about back and forth like in terms of bands yeah. that we like, and we're both kind of musically people, so yeah. it was it was cool to yeah just to see yeah. where where it could go, yeah. Bands like you're getting chromatics, yeah, and, yeah it's, <laughs> things like that. Some dance music too. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that how musical the film is. Like the music yeah. is a really big part of it. As a it was musical even without the music. Yeah, too. like just yeah. the way it was all shot and. Like, even down to, like, set design. Yeah, Everything was so, like, I don't know, smooth and kind of... Yeah. That's something I really appreciate about film, when when there's this kind of choreography or musicality to the movement Mm -hmm. as well. Even if I was listening to On Mute, it would still seem interesting. I could still kind of hear the beat, even though it was on mute. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting point you guys bring up. I'm really interested in the party scene, and I'm really interested Mm -hmm. in that one (laughs) continuous take that you guys mentioned. But I'm wondering, what was the hardest thing for you to do during this entire process or in the making of this project? Where do we begin? (laughs) (laughs) On um, a producing side, I would say the fact that we went first was a huge challenge because um, we had, what was it, like a month to kind of like get everything sorted out, and we were like the first to shoot. And on top of that... Our like class was had never worked together, so on our first day of shooting, we were kind of feeling it out. Um, yeah, it was it was a huge the um, location. As the well. location we had some issues. <laughs> what was that issue with the location? Oh, well, uh, to give away a lot of the film. Or no, 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 no. <laughs> it was just, logistics. Yeah, it's just yeah, just a lot of things. Full that, of crap and yeah, boom. delayed the process. We had to go through a lot of um, 
kind of adapting to certain circumstances that we didn't foresee coming. Yeah, and we also, <laughs> day one, what, yes. Was, day one was a struggle. Yeah, we <laughs> set off a fire alarm, <laughs> broke a, a filter that was like 300 bucks, and I was like, oh my God. And then, thank God, we returned it to the rental, and then they said they... Can they fix, can fix it? it? Yeah, which I was like, oh my god, we, we're just Andre the luckiest. Has, Andre has a talent of sweet-talking people. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just honest with them, and they were like, oh my god, thank you for thank you for showing up and saying saying that <laughs> you broke it. No, not, not thank you for breaking up, but thank you for being honest. And I was yeah. like, I was just like, I thought I was gonna have to like sell my kidney or something. Yeah, just kind of go. So yeah. Oh, we also so forgot a like a base plate for the camera, and then Luke had to drive there. It was. Oh, you know, a lot of location problems with yeah. the people that we were shooting. Yeah, because wasn't our. Yeah, but I also think like from a directing point of view, because like I had a different expectation of directing. Like, mm-hmm. of, like it wasn't just the creative part. Like, it's just like the directing has a creative part, which is just you know working with the script, working with the actors, and then there's just a management part, making sure that everything is going smoothly, like with mm-hmm. the producer. Like that was like something I, like I kind of didn't expect to be that prominent. You know, like, even after the shoots, you know, like, the director, like, you kind of have to just always be make, making sure that it, everything's going well, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, everyone's on top of their work. So that was also, like, that was challenging. Like, it, it still is a bit challenging. Micromanaging a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Was, also, uh, maybe, I don't know if this is accurate, but I know a lot of people had concerns, the mm-hmm. fact that our lead was Sam's sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard about this. Okay, yeah. tell me more about this. Why did you cast your sister? Um... Well, well, it is a personal story, and she just—I think—I think she just fit the part perfectly. I mean, I auditioned her, mm-hmm. yeah, and I—I uh, I also auditioned other actors. Yeah, and, we were um, very happy with. Her. She was just—I I mean, like she it connected w- to the story. I think, that yeah, she like understood where it was all stemming. Yeah, from. and she comes from a theater background too, so like oh, she, she's an actor. Like she, she actually knows acting yeah. and has knowledge in it. But it also that it, she just fits, you know. Yeah, she did a great job. Was there any problem with any other parts of the casting? Um, I think the biggest part was uh, the biggest problem with casting was casting the mother because I was looking for uh, an actor who whose age was like kind of in the mid forties or like early like and late thirties. Yeah, That's and strange. had to speak Farsi and had like be an actor, and. I only found one person through my dad, and that was, and she was also perfect for it. Yeah. So, so we got really we lucky. Got lucky, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was, but she was also like really busy, right? And we could only get her for that yeah certain yeah. amount of time. And but she, it was yeah. I, I remember you you saying that when we wrapped on the last day, we were shooting in the house, and we're we're all you know nervous. I mean, I was just kind of all over the place trying to trying to do three jobs at once, and just like worrying too much about lights and whatnot but like we're we're like oh guys like we've gotta we've gotta you know mm. gotta yeah. gotta keep it professionally we've gotta like a professional act you know actress <laughs> yeah. on on set you know you can't just like kind of yeah. you know fuck around or something so <laughs> um but at the end it was really happy to hear that sam was like she was so impressed or whatnot whatnot like yeah, yeah, was, yeah. she and, and she like dealt with us really well too she like had a lot of patience yeah she's so her. patient so patient like we were so lucky we had her mm-hmm. sometimes yeah, yeah. call sam he was yeah. very like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was as if yeah, it felt as if like we, we had like i don't know like we had paid her or something like it wasn't like she was doing us a favor she was really like yeah. always there and she always on point and like oh could you like just stand there do, do this for a sec you know for the light or whatnot she just she just do it and mm-hmm. yeah it was it was great working with her that sounds phenomenal to get such 
great actors, especially yeah. one so close to you, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, being this your kind of first project together, or is this your first project in general? Or Sam and I worked together yeah. last year. Yeah, okay. we did. So, what did you guys want to achieve with this work personally? What were your kind of goals going into this project? Mm-hmm. So, for me personally, like just the message of the film, I think, is that family is safe despite a lot of problems that we might have with our families or like mm-hmm. just the struggles we might have but or you know like just wanting to be away from our families for a while just so you know we have our independence but then ultimately realizing that there's always our family to go back to so like that's the message of the film for me and I hope that's what the audience gets away from it but I'm really interested to hear what you <laughs> yeah I mean that was that was the message of the film but for me um and for Milana as well, I'm sure to an extent was just like learning the the process of making yeah. making something you know not like a a weekend project with friends yeah, or something because we did we did that a, the year before yeah we just like yeah. kind of had like these on off projects you know you grab a camera from Stuart and just kind of like shoot <laughs> shoot this thing um, but this time there was some money on the line and you know there were. Um, um, you know, big kind of rent, rental, rented gear and things like that. So for me, it was you know, work with gear on a, on a different level. Yeah. Try to um, learn learn the process of you know lighting and just making a film for start to finish. I forgot I lost my lighting plan on the first day, so I just ended up like winging the whole thing, which uh, which was interesting. But um, yeah, it was just. Yeah. Kind of learning. I feel like I feel like was it was yeah, experience. and just like tr- seeing how you could translate things. Yeah, I mean, from you can, you can script to screen. Yeah. You can spend hours in a class learning about how to do all this stuff, but practically, once you're actually on set, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of yeah. learned that, mm-hmm. especially when it's your own film, not like an accessory to the yeah, crew. Yeah, also like for me, it was also just like making sure everything is translating well. Like, um, like it's there's a, there's always this huge possibility that. Like what you wrote is not, not, yeah, yeah. or like what you wrote is not what's being depicted, Mm -hmm. and that was like a really good learning for me too. That you know, like some of the ideas that I had was not initially translated very well, but then you know we we talked and we learned to how to probably do that. So that was also really cool. Also trust as well. I feel Mm -hmm. it's like played a big part. Just like we learned to trust each other. Yeah, (laughs) like I find like I'm sure most of you guys too when you're doing a project or anything or much like control freaks almost Mm -hmm. where you want to like micromanage every little thing but I think a huge part of film is trusting the process and trusting who you've brought together and everyone's like responsible for something and not doubting because I had I had that like on day one even I was I was just kind of micromanaging even like the lighting team I would like jump jump ahead of the gaffer and whatnot which which you know uh, it it was uh, it was like the nerves and like micromanagement on my part but eventually like it was a learning curve like you just just you know tell them let them be and yeah and then you can do your job and you can yeah exactly because if you're trying to juggle you know a a bunch of balls at the same time like you're not nothing's gonna work out perfectly yeah Yeah. that's fair so I mean from what you guys are describing, uh, was it a particularly tumultuous experience doing this project? It was or? so satisfying by the yeah. end. It's yeah. so great to hear. Yeah. We were, like, so relieved that yeah. we got through yeah. the three days. Yeah. Like Rob always says, like, you're going to come out of this with a movie. We're making a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. So, yeah, we made a movie. Yeah. And it was great. Okay. 
Um, I was just wondering if you can just do a quick synopsis for the listeners um, of your film, because I know you and I understand that it was a film about this kind of um, change or cultural change for this girl, but could you give maybe a more detailed synopsis? Yeah, for sure. So the film is about an Iranian immigrant girl called uh, Saida. And uh, she buys a wig to go to a party without really being clear with her mom. And her mom uh, is a very kind of like a traditional mother who has like this lifestyle of an Iranian mother. So it's very different from the way parenting kind of works in the Western culture. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like about, you know, so it's it's their struggle to understand each other. You know, the daughter who wants to get something that the mother doesn't want to or doesn't necessarily understand. Also, like being a, we just talked about this earlier, like being a foreigner mm-hmm. back home and being a foreigner, right? Like not really belonging to yeah, either kind of either side, like just trying trying to blend in at home, right? And then trying to trying to blend in. Uh, it's a feeling of outside. acceptance, right? Yeah. Like when you're, yeah, when you're coming somewhere new, like you don't fully belong mm-hmm. in one area, and then back home you also don't fully belong. For sure. Yeah. So it was like a Bill Dongstroman kind of mm-hmm. coming of age story, I think. Yeah. So it's a really her. simple story, I think. Yeah, coming from uh, a city where there's a whole bunch of um, people from diaspora and immigrant families, I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people can resonate with that kind of message. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I do resonate with that kind of ideal very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, oh. for me too, like, I don't necessarily come from, like, a different country, but um, I'm from Toronto, and I moved here not knowing anyone. So even though I'm not, like, mm-hmm. not to that extent, I still can sort of sympathize with mm-hmm. the story of the, you know, protagonist. Mm-hmm. Is it even even to the smallest extent? It's just even if you look at the party or whatever, it's just like yeah. going to a party, mother daughter relationships. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. A lot. You run out the house. There. You go to a party. Mm-hmm. Don't know anyone there. There's like this one <laughs> one dude that you want to like run into or whatever, and like they don't turn out to be the the, the person you expect. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah. damn. What do you so what do you do you? then? You know, it's like yeah. these little moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to see your film, and I hope it goes really well. Uh, For our listeners, where can they find your film or any links for this? Yeah, uh, the film is going to be screened at UBC's Persistent of Vision Festival at the end of April. April 28th 28th and 29th. 29th. I think ours is on April 29th, Mm -hmm. based on the schedule. So, yeah, that's our premiere. And do you have any other links, like... Uh, Facebook, anywhere else that they uh, can contact we have, uh, We're going to have a Facebook page for our film very soon. Fantastic. So we will, yeah, yeah. we can share that. The audiences can you. follow us and then maybe... eventually, yeah. yeah. and then the film will turn up on the interwebs eventually. Yeah. <laughs> interwebs? <laughs> the interwebs, <laughs> yeah. Oh, very millennial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I guess in three words from each of you, what do you want the audience to take away from your film, starting with Milana? Oh, goodness, I'm not good at this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll start over here. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Start with um, <clears throat> three things you can take away from this film. Um, um, films are... Well, I'm not going to connect it to the story. It's just like, films are made for entertainment. Um... <clears throat> see this story with uh, an open mind and I don't know enjoy the ride <laughs> that's it like that's saying right yeah. now okay and what do you think for so? me oh I mean I can actually say it with three words family is safe that's mine family is safe yeah I, I'd say like three themes are um, acceptance not only like from others but from yourself um, 
definitely like family, like mm-hmm. safety, love, all that kind of thing. And then um, identity, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard. I kind of put yeah, you on the yeah. spot there. Yeah. Yeah. These guys did not prepare answers for these questions, so they did fantastic with that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and I think we can wrap up. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. out yeah, here. Thank you. Uh, we'll make sure that we have links to all of their uh, media sources mm-hmm. and where you can find more information about the film. And I hope our listeners keep posted to the POV schedule to catch uh, Sida. Sida, yeah. Sweet. And all the other films, too. Yeah. Every, there's going to be a bunch of goodies. Get yeah, ready. Right. Get ready. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank all you. right. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you for having us. Take care. And next up, here's the team behind I Will Keep Your Light. Hi there, um, my name is Keram John Arman, and I'm the producer. Hi, my name is Chelsea Xinyi Chen, and I'm the writer-director. And uh, I'm Ian Rozhevsky, and I'm the cinematographer. Um, so I've only gotten a very brief background as to what I Will Keep Your Light is, but I think you mentioned something about a girl having kind of anxieties about the environmental changes? Or? Yeah, right. So this is about uh, the girl, this newly pregnant young woman called Zoe, fearful for the future of her generation because of uh, those seemingly irrevocable um, pollution and climate change. And so, I mean, what inspired you to write this film? It seems kind of like, especially because maybe I have my own kind of personal fear about being pregnant and not protecting something or something growing from me or depending anxieties about that Uh, I mean what inspired you to write about this yeah so um first of all I think our generation is like um we grow up knowing that climate change can be very harmful uh, for our future and but we are also very passive since we're only seeing a lot of images but most of us especially in North America, we're not exposed to those kind of pollutions or you know we're living in cities and um, but right now, I find I found out that there are more and more conversations about what should we do, and there are more and more activists and um, talking about solutions for our future generation. But at the same time, there are also a lot of people who feel very helpless. Um, for myself as well, the more I learned about climate change and pollution, the more uh, helpless I felt because I realized this is such a broad um, problem and it's you can just solve the problem over days or whatever and um, I think yeah that's like one of the main reasons I wrote this film but this film is also very personal um, in terms of for example the protagonist has like very personal feelings towards the environment and also it's related to her own culture and family so when I was like, okay, if I can make one film this year, what would I write about? So um, that's why this film combines a lot of the themes that I wanted to, I have been wanted to ex- explore for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including like art, music, and uh, you know pollution, and like our just like linking together those daily events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very big bunch, very big range of topics you're yeah, trying to cover. Yeah, it's pretty ambitious, <laughs> I know. And so, I mean, what made you two, uh, cinematographer and producer respectively, um, want to pick up this project? Um, on on my part, at least for the cinematography, I, I felt like character-wise, there's just an interesting story, you know? Like, of the projects that were available, it was the one that interested me the most. Um, 
I thought visually, because of the art and the different spaces the story would be happening in, it was like a lot of opportunities for different things to happen, that we wouldn't be confined to one thing, that we could shoot a lot of different moments and places and lighting situations. So I found it, you know, the most uh, exciting project in terms of possibility, that we could like build it up from, from the script to be a lot more than it just was on the page. Mm-hmm. So for you, it was kind of this building on the idea of ambition, or yeah. you saw the, the potential in this ambitious story. Yeah, and, and I kind of like, that's what I'm always looking to do. Like, I like to embrace the, the possibility to go further, you know, to like push myself as well. Mm-hmm. So I felt like the, the best chance for me to do that was to work with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And for you, what was the inspiration for you to work on this project? Well, as a producer, one's goal is always um, try to find and make a film that's going to be the most successful and that's going to reach the most audiences. Um, I've known Chelsea for over a year now, and I am very fascinated by her um, stylistic outlook and writing. Um, even when we were pitching the scripts, like, in a way, how she creates her world is kind of borderline synesthetic. Like, there is a merging of the senses. When you see the visuals, you can also feel the textures of the environment. And I think that is a beautiful cinematic experience that I wanted to help. And also, as Chelsea mentioned, um, even though this story is about global warming and sustainability, it is universal in the themes of hope and optimism, in a way, because these past few years may both politically and environmentally have been struggling for the people and it is very hard for people to maintain um, logical and um, consistent hope and optimism for the future and this film shows that like regardless of like of the odds and however the situation may be it's up to one to garner up that power and that strength to um, you know see further that get over that boundary and actually do some change, starting from the little and actually big, making a big ripple. Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting that you use that word synesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, in what sense, just because from the way that this film is being described to me right now, it kind of sounds like a dystopian film, which mm-hmm. is a very kind of a popular genre to take, especially with environmental issues. But is that kind of the mood that you're going for with this project? Um, for me... Like, personally, I actually don't think it's that dystopian, just because um, I grew up in Shanghai, China, mm-hmm. and um, the air pollution there was pretty bad, especially during winter. And, for example, there was, um, like, last December, I think, uh, in Vancouver, there was those, like, foggy days, and I just told them, I was like, this definitely reminds me of the air pollution back in my hometown. And especially, like, for example, last August, when the wildfire season starts and everybody find it's becoming more like harder and harder for people to breathe like mm-hmm. during the wildfire season right so for me it's like um it really depends on where in the world you are if you're in those kind of like i would say it tends to be in those developing countries where uh, there's still a lot of industry around the cities and people are working there uh, in very bad, um, like, polluted areas. And it's just really depends on where you are in the world. Um, but it's definitely happening somewhere in the world. It's not like just because we're not seeing it right now in front of us doesn't mean that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so what I'm taking away is that there's this kind of geographical and cultural kind of reference that you're drawing from for this film. And I'm just wondering what other kind of visual references or other kind of films that you draw inspiration from for the creation of the visual aesthetic for this film or the meaning of it. Well, as Chelsea was mentioning, when the fog came in and visually, like, it reminds you of a lot of the footage you see uh, of, like, Beijing or, like, places like that where the air pollution can get quite heavy. Um, so one of the first things we did when it got foggy is we actually went out to film landscapes, mm-hmm. you know, at the beach, uh, Jericho Beach, actually. Mm-hmm. And we've got tons of, like, amazing, like, trees in the middle of the fog and, like, ships uh, sort of, like, standing in front of this wall, this white wall of fog and everything. Yeah, and so birds. Yeah, and birds, one of our visual motifs in the film is birds, you know, so we have all these birds flying through these environments. And, um, like, another sequence we're working on right now uh, to sort of talk about, like, the pollution is inspired by a film called uh, Manufactured Landscapes, um, which is big... I think 10 years ago, maybe more, um, which is a movie of kind of filming like all these industrial areas and like, you know, where the environment's been torn up and it's kind of beautiful, beautiful aesthetically. But then when you think about what you're seeing, like these oil slicks or these ships that have fallen apart, it's kind of like these tragic symbols of what we're doing to the planet. And like, we're also trying to find that, like I've gone to different industrial zones in Vancouver itself, you know, and tried to find like similar images inspired by that. Mm-hmm. And did you have any other visual inspirations that you kind of drew from as, I, I understand I got your view from as a cinematographer, mm-hmm. but as a producer, was there anything that you wanted to contribute to the film with your own influences? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually mentioned textures a lot. Um, he said like, I remember you told me like when you were reading the script, it really yeah. reminds you of like different textures. Um, another important part of the film that we may not have mentioned is another common theme is heritage. Um, Zoe, the protagonist, has a very strong relationship with her grandmother. And from her grandmother, she got the skill of um, ink wash painting. And we have a lot of like inserts and close-up of like very textural, like, you know, like brush strokes and, you know, like the glasses. And like we created that imp- like environment of that. Um, for studio space very meticulously and in a way it also works as a metaphor for anxiety through scenes and through like her um, struggles with actually finding inspiration in painting and trying to capture nature when the nature that her grandmother used to paint and used to see is no longer there the environment as Ian described is more of a with the fog is very still kind of even sickly and like you barely see traces of life yeah, because I grew up watching my own grandma doing Chinese painting a lot. And um, Chinese painting is mostly about, like, capture the spirit and convey the liveliness, especially, especially if it's, like, landscape ink wash painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the character that I created, Zoe, also, um, like, really relates to that. Whenever she sees her grandma's painting, but, like, she also is seeing that the environment around her is not like that anymore. It's, like, it's not that pretty anymore. It's, um, the pollutions are involved. And, yeah, that's when she really connects those, like, events in her own life. Like, she's painting, but also 
she feels like the landscape is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for her to uh, keep doing the painting with like fully committed to like the environment around her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like from from the information that I gathered right now, if I were to watch this film, I'd be squirming in my seat <laughs> just because the image I like the images of juxtaposing industrial background with like natural kind of landscapes as well as like those kind of grainy like I can see every fiber of like a, of a material as well as the kind of dissonance between my own cultural heritage, I feel like I'd be really uncomfortable watching your film. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm very excited to see it. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, we do have some... Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that mine makes me feel makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, but it's also that, like, I think whenever it comes to personal and when you're seeing, like, pretty things being destroyed then you sort of be more aware of the problem and you wanted to pay more attention to like what's destroying it it becomes more intimate in that yeah way, yeah so like i think our film will have a really interesting like combination of um like the environment and the polluted side of it but also the beauty of humanity mm-hmm. like what human creates is not only pollution but also you know art music and our culture so yeah i think in that sense our film would be an interesting combination mm-hmm. um speaking on the uncomfortable aspect of it um we already mentioned the dystopian factor on the uncomfortable ad from like the log line of our film it might seem like it's this like huge heightened drama whereas I personally think it's kind of opposite like minimalism was very much in the upfront um the performances are, were very important for us and you can even see with like each little like facial expression change and like each micro beat like the more like tiny actually the motions and the emotions are <laughs> um you know like the more you feel because it kind of forces the audience to like really like put like 150 percent of their attention to like look at it and like actually like they have to take an empathetic stance with zoe because they see what she's going for and they they see like like even her tiniest reaction actually has a lot of like hurt and anxiety and worry behind it so it is very poignant and in that way this is a humongous project, and I'm super excited <laughs> to see this. We have shot, like, four days of principal photography. Oh, wow. And then at least three days of, like, me on my own or me with Chelsea just filming pickups of, like, environmental things. Oh, yeah. And then we still have one more day to go. That's, like, an actual day of pickups <laughs> with the actors. So. With a project this big, I mean, what was the hardest thing to do? I'm assuming there's a lot of things that do pop up, but for you, what were the hardest things during this experience? I think we definitely, like, we had to make a lot of hard decisions and Mm -hmm. um, the whole process, there are a lot of hard um, stuff that we have to deal with. But for me, um, as a writer-director, I would say the hardest part for me was to keep rewriting the script um, during pre-production because we shot the film in December, Mm -hmm. like, late December, and I started writing the script in around... Um, like actually forming the script around August and uh, throughout that three or four months we went through a lot of um, you know feedback sessions like in class or um, just friends and families uh, or classmates giving you notes and for me I wrote about like almost 10 like versions of my script and it's like 
kept changing stuff, and it was hard because、um, at one point I feel like I don't like I almost felt lost because、um, with all those feedbacks and everything, I feel like I have to、um, make my audience make the story clear more clear to the audience. Because you know this is becoming this ambitious project with so many themes, and、um, for me at one point I have to go back to my very first draft and see why I actually wrote the script, and、um, really to remind myself、mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Was there anything that popped up during production that was proving <laughs> to be really really difficult? Actually,、um, this is a very funny story.、Um, in the last day of our productions, throughout our production, everything was going well, but. At the end of the third day, we actually decided to go all together to、yeah. uh, <laughs> to a Vietnamese restaurant.、Um, unfortunately, a very cheap one. And unfortunately, me and Chelsea got food poisoning.、Oh, so、no. yeah, <laughs>、um, yeah. So I was very late to set, unfortunately, because I like was throwing up till the morning and whatever. And、um, on her way to set, Chelsea almost got through a car crash, and like it was just a very strange day for us. And at one moment,、um, due to a mistaken setup, we had these six by six frames. Metal frames and the metal side of it actually fell on Ian's head.、Yeah. So I was like, like I kind of refer to that day as if like if a black cat ran through some like staircases and just like break down like a bunch of candle salts. Like we had a lot of like bad luck. You guys are killing yourself for this project. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs>、yeah. um, but even in the end, because it was the last day, like we somehow managed to catch up. Like the feeling of actually wrapping it and like being content with it、mm-hmm. was like. It's it was amazing. Like we、yeah. completely forgot about anything that had happened before. Yeah, and definitely like the the hardest, the biggest responsibility of the cinematographer when you're shooting the film was actually the schedule, because even if it like it doesn't look that great, that's less important than like actually having the entire film in the can so that it makes sense and all the performances are there. And I think like that's the one aspect, at least on my side, that I'm proudest of is that we got everything we wanted. And th- there was nothing like left on the table that, like, you know, months later we're regretting that we didn't like try this or try that. Like,、mm-hmm. I think we really got everything we needed. The、yeah. thinking process was very long. As Chelsea mentioned,、um, our biggest challenge was actually convincing our peers and our professors in a way to take a different approach because this this type of story we're telling, like, we're both from like several different backgrounds.、Um, And I understand where Chelsea was approaching it when she was doing the project. It wasn't necessarily the Western typical like film plot structure. You know, like there wasn't like you know introduction. You know, everything's getting tense, climax, fizzle. Like not that structure. It was more like a stable structure.、Mm-hmm. It was more about like interpersonal relationships. And there were times that we were like trying to like argue and like discuss with our professor or whatever whether like it was interesting and like where we were garnering the audience attention. There were a lot of like.、Um, For example, like due to the proximity of our film, technically we're not doing something that's very big scale, whatever. And they told us usually like we could have gone away with like two days, but we purposefully, for the sake of um getting everything done, getting everything like pristine, clear, and um you know not leaving for pickups because we couldn't shoot our beach scene, which we're trying、mm-hmm. to shoot right now in December in the winter. So we wanted to use our pickups for that and make sure everything was settled down. So we actually extended. We had plenty of time to actually set up. Think and not rush. You know, like actually be present for all the shots we're doing. Because when you're in a film set, millions of things are happening simultaneously. Everything can go wrong in a second, and you can find yourself,、uh, okay, let's just go to the next shot kind of situation. But in our case, I was very privileged to say that like everything went well for them. They got like 
all of the shots they basically needed. Mm-hmm. So that was actually, I think, is a big success. Yeah, and yeah. I'm glad that our crew is also happy. Yeah, uh, especially, <laughs> um, yeah, especially uh, we also have some second years on our set, and mm-hmm. they all said that they felt like they learned a lot on our set. And yeah, people were having fun. <laughs> just yeah. a big experience overall, hey? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, for this big experience, and for people to view this big experience, uh, where can people find you online? Or where can people go ahead and see this film? We do have a Facebook page called uh, I Will Keep Your Light. And we also have an Instagram account called UBC, UBC Keep, Keep Your Light. Your Light. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe, hopefully, in the future, we will have... A website as mm-hmm. well. Keep up with us on social media to see where we are. Yeah. After that. yeah. Just to close out, if in one word I could get uh, what you want the audience to take away from your film, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Asking the big questions here. <laughs> Light. Light. Yeah. Or hope. Mm. Yeah. I would say heart. It's a film full of heart and emotion. And I feel like it's the kind of film that makes your heart kind of like grow bigger, like kind of like the Grinch, you know, mm-hmm. their, their heart grew like two times larger. It's kind of that. It gives you heart and passion mm-hmm. for the future. Oh, I'm supposed to come up with one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would have said also that it's a movie about hope. So yeah. I think okay. that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So that wraps it up. And that was the crew behind I Will Keep Your Light. And hopefully you'll be able to see their film at POV. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs)